Good evening, everyone. I think I'm going to change the settings here. Maybe not. How's it going? How how's the how does it look? Can you see me okay? More importantly, can you hear me? The the, the video is not that important. Video looks okay. Okay. Good evening. All right. And there's much less. I just was just on. Uh, I was just on Facebook Live, and. Uh, it works okay, but there was quite a lag, first of all. And I didn't get a feeling that there are more people going to watch on there than I'll watch on here. And Well, I could have spent, I didn't spend that much time on it, but I think um, I'm more comfortable with this. I'm getting cabin fever. You know, that's not an actual thing. It's not an actual uh, condition. Cabin fever, not to belittle it, cabin fever is, of course, a psychological condition. I I, I can appreciate that. What is the significance of the state of meditation without consciousness of outside phenomena? Okay. That's a um, very specific question. And I know why you're, why you're asking it. So let me see here. I, I mean, I don't... I, I, I'm so, I, I'd like to know why you're, you're asking that. Or... or how exactly it is that you come to ask that. Because let me just answer simply that there is no significance in my book. And that phrase uh, should not be used to mean what it is meant, what it is used to mean. should not be used in that way. So, so I mean, it is a phrase, and it has some meaning, I suppose. But what what the what it's used to explain doesn't explain what it's used to explain. In other words, I would never use that. I, I've I've um, I've avoided saying that, or or my wording for what you're talking about is very different, much simpler, I suppose. And I don't know where that came from. I mean, I know I know where I've seen it, but I don't know where the people who made it got it. It should be peaceful cessation. That's it. That's exactly. That's from translation from the Thai. Um, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, the translation from the the Thai I think is pretty clear. So I would just. If it were, if you were talking to me, and you are talking to me, um, I would say forget that, forget that phrase entirely, forget any thoughts you might have around it, or what it what it entails, or what it then should be, be like, you know, because that's not it. That's not a good explanation of it. My life hasn't changed. Um, fewer meditators coming, I suppose, but. I still have three. It, so it's changed in two ways, I suppose, besides all the hand washing and thinking about touching things and so on. Um, one, fewer meditators coming here, and two, more meditators doing the at-home course. So we've added two uh, new slots per day, and uh, th there are actually people filling up those slots. Like, I think based on my last YouTube video, the last live stream and 
I'm sort of stressing that people should pick up the at-home course. You know, you're, you're, you have time at home if you have, haven't done it, and if you have interest in this tradition, and you know, rather than just think about meditating or try to meditate on your own, actually get into it. It's not hard. We meet once a week. You do an hour a day of meditation, half walking, half sitting. You can do some in the morning, some in the evening. And uh, go through go through the lessons. We give you a new lesson every week, and um, so because of that, because of stress of talking about that, we now have lots of people doing it. So that's nice. So the brain and the mind affect each other. There's no question. Because the brain isn't a thing that exists and the mind isn't a thing that exists either. What exists are experiences. And you can, uh, through experiences that you have, you can gather evidence and information and, and some sense of the brain and the mind and you have these ideas of habits which are reasonable and understandable because you see the same things happening again and based on on attention and that sort of thing and so you get a sense of how it works together and the physical aspects of experience are affecting the mental aspects and vice versa but ultimately i would say you know don't think of it as the brain and the mind. Think of it as experience and as physical and mental. Have you ever thought about being a Christian? No, no, not really. I haven't thought about being a lot of things. Today I made a stupid joke that deeply hurt someone I love. I have attempted to apologize but may have lost a friend forever. What is the best course of action? Mm, try not to make stupid jokes. Be more careful in the future. Be patient. Um, don't don't cling to it. You know, don't stress about it or worry about it or cling to it. Just be patient. You know, you nothing lasts forever. And you never had a friend in the first place because the friend doesn't exist. You only have experiences. So try and keep an open mind. Don't feel bad about losing this or that. You don't need friends. What we need are, are um, positive interactions, I think is a good thing to say. And positive interactions don't require specific people. If you have lots of friends but lots of negative interactions with them, you haven't gained anything. If you have no friends but everyone you meet you have positive interactions with, well, it's like saying you have lots and lots of friends. I like the YouTube YouTube audience. Everyone's jumping right into asking questions. It's good. You really we we really got a good relationship going here. You see me, you start asking questions, and I can just answer them. What is the importance of social relationships? Can you can you healthily be alone? Yes, you can healthily be alone. It's hard. It's difficult being alone, right? I talked about this last time. It's difficult because we're so used to being with other people. We're so accustomed to having this outlet when stress comes up or so on. We have an outlet for our stress. But there's an importance to to relationships or company in a sense, you know the people you associate with. Association, we like to say, it's very dry sounding, but um, you know, being around other good people, interacting with good people, that's important. You know, Because they help you, you help them, you give each other a psychological benefit, even if neither of you is, is 
more advanced than the other but if you're both trying to become better people to you know to see more clearly and so on what happens after reaching nibbana in this life does the consciousness disappear if it is not reborn where does it go so there is no the consciousness that it, that would be reborn no consciousness is never reborn consciousness is a momentary thing it arises and ceases i wouldn't worry about what happens after reaching nibbana nibbana is an experience of cessation it's very profound um and it changes your your psyche but uh, i wouldn't worry too much philosophically about where things go or where things come or anything like that how do you feel about nichiren buddhism i feel like it's not buddhism and i'm sure that's not comfortable for some people to hear or pleasant but in my opinion it's not really buddhism or or you know i mean it's just a word so it depends what you're talking about but what i have heard of certain practices and and ideas and philosophies that i've heard of as being called nichiren buddhism are not buddhist those philosophies so that's what i say right i have to be careful not to get into these i don't normally answer questions about what i think of other schools shouldn't have probably answered that one let's do it again what are your thoughts on zazen style of meditation zazen means seated seating sitting i think seated or something so i'm all for seated meditation i don't see any faults in seated meditation except you should also do walking meditation because it's good for you and good for your mind too you please provide more information about the online meditation program how to start duration how to sign up thank you good question thank you should have led with that one probably should have led with that information probably so the online meditation program i I've, i'm trying to shy away from calling it an online meditation program it, it, it puts the wrong feeling to it because that's not what it is you don't meditate online of course and so i'm calling it now the at-home course and hopefully maybe i have to change that or have them change that on our website so it's the at-home course. You're doing your meditation at home. That's the difference. You're not doing it here. The other difference is that it's less um, intensive. So you're not expected to do hours and hours a day. As long as you can start by doing at least an hour of meditation a day. And by the end of the course, work up to two hours a day. That's considered sufficient. If you want to do more, that's fine. Maybe I would caution not to get too gung-ho and try to do lots and lots if you're not experienced because if you do lots and lots and you're not experienced, you can start to practice wrongly. And because we're only meeting once a week, I won't have time to. And because we're not really meeting, we're only talking, it's harder to adjust and keep you on the right track. So you do that. Um, you, you keep five precepts. Try, if you can, to keep eight or to to work on keeping eight as best you can but you have to know what the five precepts are and at least know what the eight are you have to have read our booklet on how to meditate of course and you have to be meditating according to the booklet we meet once a week and i give you a new exercise usually every week if you've been doing your practice and if you can pass my tests sometimes there are tests you have to answer questions How to the duration? Let's say let's see how to start. That's the start. The duration is about fourteen weeks. I haven't counted, but I think it's about that. And it depends on you. It depends on if we can meet every week, that sort of thing. How to sign up? You go to our website. You can go directly to meditation.surimungalo.org, and there's a schedule page. And on that schedule page, you pick a. You have to sign up for the site, so you have to create a username, and then you click on a slot. You find a slot that works for you during the week. You click on that slot, and that slot becomes yours for the duration. And then every week we meet at that time, and we use. We now use um, Skype. We have just recently switched over to Skype, and I'm going to I'm going to confirm with our IT team that that's working well. 
better than anything else has. Um, and this is because Skype is so far the best for specifically, and it's only this one feature, specifically allowing people who haven't contacted me before to just call me without any permission, without any recognition. You know, normally it's a privacy nightmare, but for us it's what we need. We need strangers to be able to call me. <laughs> and so um, Skype works really well for that. You just get my username, There's a, there'll be a link there for you. You go to the page when you're when it's time and it'll give you all the information how to contact me and you maybe even just click on a button, I don't know. And you have to have Skype installed and then it calls me and I get a ring and that ring allows me to know that you're calling and then we talk. I think that's everything. Oh, did this skip? No, it didn't. Now it skipped. During meditation, can I drop the noting of bodily sensations at one point? So if a strong feeling of peace or calm finally takes over, you should note the feeling of peace or calm. No, you don't give up the noting, but you stop noting the bodily, the, the, the rising and falling. Instead, you note the peace and calm. You say feeling, feeling. No, you would say calm, calm. Or if you like it, you would say something like liking, liking. You should read the booklet, it might help you with questions like that. And there's also, as many people maybe haven't read, sorry, this phone is here because people call me. Um, many people haven't read it, but there's a frequently asked question section on this uh, document on the site. So on sirimongolo.org that I recommend people read because I think it answers some of the important questions. Hmm. So competition, you can see the, pro the disadvantages of it. You might decide that you do want to give it up over time. I mean, that's what meditation is about. You can't give up things you don't want to give up, but you start to see that they're problematic and realize you can't have your cake and eat it too, so you've got to either keep the cake or eat it. You've got to do one or the other. If you want to keep your calm, maybe you can't eat the cake. How long should one meditate when first starting out? Well, if you follow our regimen, our current regimen now is to do an hour a day, and and also to meet with me once a week. you think this is just a virus or something else? I don't think about it. I hear people say there's a virus and I act accordingly, which is not really that much. I can say for sure social isolation gave me social anxiety. Well, that's fine. I mean, deal with the social anxiety. Meditate on it. Face it. Just look at it. Don't be distur disturbed by it or discouraged by it. It's just a state of mind. Don't let it overpower you. Don't let it become a problem. You know, and, I, and by, by that I mean in a specific sense of don't start thinking of it as a problem. See it as an experience, experiences that you have to understand. Try to understand them. Try to see them clearly. Can you explain the internal-external in the Satipatthana Sutta? Okay, I just did a video on this, so I'd recommend watching that video, internal and external, because someone just asked this question. Maybe it was you. Can you talk about shunyata and some examples in everyday life? So shunyata is a Sanskrit word, which means you're probably thinking of the way the Mahayana Buddhists talk about emptiness. We use the word sunyata, spelled a little differently, and it's the same word. Um, but sunyata in Theravada Buddhism simply means empty of self, meaning having no core, having no um, reality. You know, no, it's not a, not being an entity. So. Um, 
we think normally of reality in terms of things that have entity people places things people are entities places are entities things are entities but none of those things exist reality is empty in the sense that it um it isn't entities it's experiences and and even that can be misleading because then you think experiences are entities but they're not really they're maybe they are maybe you could think of them yeah that's suspicious better to just say they're experiences and so reality is empty in that way emptiness is ironic from a Theravada Buddhist perspective because it becomes an entity, it becomes a thing uh, and so there's this, su this sutra in the Mahayana tradition that says rupang shunyatang form is emptiness we wouldn't say that we would say form is empty. Emptiness in our tradition is not a thing, it's a quality. Is it wrong to chant Nam-myoho-ringi-kyo? It's not wrong, it's, well, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's wrong in the sense that it's not going to lead you to freedom from suffering. But it's not wrong in the sense that it's bad, it's evil. It's not evil. It's just... It's just not right practice. What is the importance of sleep and moderated use of technology in a Buddhist perspective? Sleep you should get as much as you need, and that's going to be much less if you're mindful, if you're Buddhist, you know, if you're practicing Buddhist meditation. And technology... Technology is, I think less problematic than a lot of people say simply because it's just a tool but of course moderated use i think you you you, you say it well as that's correct uh, but that's with everything should be moderated and and i guess it's exacerbated with technology because technology becomes very consuming it consumes you we consume it and it consumes us so you get caught up in it and, and you can be caught up in technology for hours and so on. You know, your day becomes obsessed with it and that's uh, important to move away from, to avoid, to refrain from. Since we can understand reality based on our experiences, can processes like memory and other skills develop through mental help or lead to enlightenment? Not really. So, so if you if you get good memory and if you get good study habits, does that help you become enlightened? Not really. It's just a different skill set. I wouldn't say it's harmful, and and maybe tangentially there's some benefit. You know, it's a bit speculative. Do you feel your chi energy can force objects to move in the physical world? No, I don't deal with chi energy. It's not a real thing. Chi energy is a concept. It's a idea that you get in your mind based on experiences, based on on uh, patterns. So energy is a description of patterns, like that kind of energy anyway. Patterns of feeling generally, patterns of experience. Sometimes even light when you see, you can see it. But it's still just seeing and hearing and smelling and tasting and feeling and thinking. And it's momentary. I don't try to make things. If you don't want something to move, go and move it. It's not the goal. No, it skipped again. Oh, no, it didn't. It's tricking around. Well, it did skip. Do you find your mind wandering off at times? So a trick to staying mindful throughout the day. Um, no, no trick. Hard work. Yes, we meditate with our eyes closed. You probably haven't read our booklet on how to meditate. I recommend you do that. Sleep, I just answered that. 
African Buddhists. That's rare. I guess not that rare, but I don't get that many African Buddhists. Do you think it's my past karma that have caused my birth as an African? I mean, probably in the sense that we tend to be reborn into things that are familiar. So I would say African people tend, if they're going to be reborn as human beings, to be reborn as Africans. I don't think it's that common for people from one... I mean, of course it happens, but it's less common uh, for people to be born, reborn um, into a different sort of ethnicity, let's say. Yeah, ethnicity. Uh, and, and that's probably changing a lot. In modern times, I, I, if you could somehow do a survey of who was reborn where, you could probably see it's probably now jumping a lot, where you're going to see people reborn in this country and that country and this ethnicity and that ethnicity changing and changing. And now a lot of people, of course, being born as, as multiple ethnicities. wonder sometimes but one thing i would say is questions about karma in general uh, are generally dis have disappointing answers i think because the person's usually looking for a, for a, sol a concrete answer and as i've said if anyone gives you a concrete answer about karma they're most likely oversimplifying i think generally speaking a lot of there's a lot of oversimplification that can be a bit dangerous to try to stick to questions about meditation and actual questions how to do this or that how to overcome procrastination i mean there's generally two sides one side is stop i mean stop trying to overcome it generally because we 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 often become categorical about things where it's bad it's either bad or it's good and this is a good example because procrastination might be your um, your judgment of something that is that, is, that may not be bad. You, know, you might say, "Oh, I'm procrastinating," when in fact you're you're um, you know, maybe being mindful. You know, you're, you're not doing something that doesn't need to be done. For example. Right? Uh, on the one, so on the one hand, I mean. I can't say in your case whether that's the case. What I mean to what I mean by that is simply don't get too hard on yourself because we tend to turn things into demons, problems, turn things into problems, and so that's a big part of freeing our mind from suffering is to stop look at th looking at things as problems. The other thing, of course, is to start meditating. So if you haven't read my booklet, I recommend you to do that. If you have, I recommend you to start doing a meditation course. Uh, in a wheelchair, I can't do the walking meditation part. Can I do lying meditation instead? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it depends. Um, you know, sometimes you can do assisted walking if you have some movement of your legs. For some people, that's the case. Um, but but yeah, otherwise, you can also do the mindful prostration. Look up how to do that, but you'd have to modify it for a wheelchair. I've done that with people try and do this, a similar version of the mindful prostration in a wheelchair. Is nirvana achievable in this life? Yes. One problem with YouTube is it keeps skipping. I wonder if there's a way to stop it from skipping. Toggle timestamps. That's interesting.
yeah, I should have mentioned the best way if we could get into the habit of, of saying at Yuttadamo before you ask the question, then I'll be able to see questions easier. How to deal with physical sensations from anxiety? Again, with the meditation, just read the booklet. Yeah, I've done some videos on anxiety. And uh, the fact that you're able to ask the question that way gives some hope, some idea that you already understand a little bit of the important qualities of anxiety, that it's not just mental, there's also the physical sensation. So I'd recommend, well, check out my videos, see what you think of them. If if they don't answer it, maybe I can try and clarify. Where do you start? Start by reading my booklet on how to meditate, and then uh, sign up for an for an at home meditation course. That's where I recommend to start. All it's all free, by the way. I'm not selling things here. For those of you who don't know what I'm doing, this isn't to make money. There's nothing like that. People support me, and I guess you could say. A lot of the support comes because I do this, so there is that. But if I stopped doing all of this YouTube, internet stuff, I would still be able to survive. It would be more comfortable in a sense. I'd have to move to a place where there was other monks probably, but um, I'm not benefiting in that way from this. So don't be, don't be wary that this is all a money-making or some kind of scam. It's all free. Go and read the booklet, download the booklet for free. You can even order it, though now we're not really sending them out, I think, because of the global problems. But you can download it for free and in almost 20 languages, or maybe over 20 languages now. Though the English is probably still the most... I don't know. I, I, I can't get, can't verify any of the other... I can't vouch for any of the other languages, though, though a lot of work went into doing them. And it's great that they were done. It was all volunteers that did it. Anyway, it's in 20 languages. And then uh, sign up for the online course, which is also free. All free. Eventually, if once we open up again, because we're closed right now, you could come and do a meditation course here, again for free. Should we aim for each stage of enlightenment? Or allow them to come naturally, never ponder over them? I would say ponder over them as little as possible. So I wouldn't say you don't have to ever, you can should never ponder them, but it's not really part of the practice and it, it's going to hurt you more than it helps you if you ponder over them. Meditate every day one hour. You mean you drank alcohol? Hmm. Well, I'd recommend if you want, sign up for a meditation course and see if we can help you work that out. You should never drink alcohol. Other things, entertainment is one thing. It's you know, it's not, but um, alcohol, alcohol is a no-no. Alcohol is not something you can do in moderation. Not. I mean, you can, but we we consider that the line. No drugs or alcohol. Sorry for all the potheads. Suffering is due to sense of self, a sense of I. Why is it that babies can feel pain? Suffering is due to ignorance. It's not due necessarily to a s sense of self. It's due to ignorance. It's, due, it's just an ordinary state. Suffering is an ordinary state. But, but pain is, I mean, even an enlightened being feels pain. So when a baby feels pain, that's nothing different from an enlightened being. The point is when a baby is upset by it. Or when a baby craves. Because babies are not, in Buddhism, new beings. They are old beings. They've, uh, they're usually quite excited about the newness of everything, and and well, and and very very simple because of the simple state of the brain. But they certainly have all the defilements in there. 
well not all of them a lot of, some of them i mean they have them but they have the potential for them but many of the defilements require brain chemicals that don't evolve don't develop until puberty right babies have no sense of self or i hmm. that's debatable i suppose and I get that they probably don't have the same sense of self or I that they gain over time because the brain doesn't make that connection, but I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not really concerned about it. But if you want, I mean, babies, um, maybe we don't, you can't really practice meditation until you're at least seven years old. What's the difference between the path, the fruit, and the attainment? Well, the path and the fruit are the attainment, or are the, yeah, are the uh, experience of the attainment. And the path technically is the m first moment of attainment, and the fruit is any moment that comes after that. Because the first moment is the one which actually changes you. And so you, you, the, the second one, you can't call it the path anymore. You can't say it's done anything. The second moment doesn't do anything because the first moment's already done it. So it's, it's really just a technical distinction. Um, but that's referring to the noble path, the enlightened path. But the enlightenment path, or the, no, the noble path as it's called. Before that, when we're practicing meditation, that's the preliminary path. So all the time we're practicing is called the Pubangamaka, the preliminary path. I always get in vivid images of past ones when I meditate, so you should not seeing, seeing. We're not really concerned. You may get connections with other dimensions. That's interesting and possible, but it's not what we're interested in. So you just try and say seeing, seeing, and if any emotions arise, you would note those. Energy and patterns. So someone talks about chi energy. They're referring to patterns of feelings that arise. I don't have much more to say about that. It's just a different way of looking at it. We try and look at reality in terms of experience, and you don't experience energy, you experience feelings or maybe light seeing if you see energy patterns but usually you see usually you feel it or you theorize about it then it's in the mind and you're thinking about it yes it's okay to meditate sitting on a bed that's fine but if pain arises you can try and be mindful of it i wouldn't sit on the floor try and sit on a mat try and sit on something a little cushiony if you're going to sit on the floor Is meditation a process of getting prepared to die? No, but it, it it's not that's not how you should phrase that. We're not meditating so we can be prepared to die. But meditation is is the best way to be prepared for everything, including death. So you shouldn't just practice saying, yeah, why am I practicing? Because I want to be prepared to die. That's not the best reason. It's not the best way to look at it. But the fact that we, you see people who aren't prepared to die and you realize that you aren't prepared to die is a good reason to start meditating. You realize that you have problems and death is going to become... It's going to take you by surprise if you're not mindful. What types of meditation should be done outside of vipassana? There are four that everyone should do uh, or can do. You don't have to, but they're recommended to do. And they are mindfulness of the Buddha, uh, a kindness medi friendliness meditation, or what they call loving kindness, but friendliness is really wishing people well, uh, mindfulness of death, and reflection on the unbeautiful nature of the body so just the parts of the body really the hair the teeth the nails the skin the flesh blood what is the best word for loneliness well you can just say lonely lonely 
But yeah, if you see that it involves many emotions, then that means you're starting to see more clearly. Note those emotions. So just note whatever the emotion is. You don't have to note everything. Just note whatever's clearest. Give your opinions on COVID-19 and how effective meditation can be to stay calm. I mean, those are two very different things. Uh, I don't have many thoughts on COVID-19, except that it's... Um, I understand it's something that we're probably all going to get eventually, more, like, more than likely going to eventually uh, suffer from. So it's a good thing to prepare yourself for and be ready for anything. Um, how effective meditation can be to stay calm? I mean, absolutely, of course, it's very effective. Not just to stay calm, but to stay uh, aware and alert. Kind of calm, but calm is maybe a bit misleading because your mind can be agitated and you still be equanimous. So we want what we want is is the equanim equanimity that comes from seeing clearly. It's not the equanimity of of you know, in, in an enforced state of calm or a, an artificial state of calm. It's the equanimity that comes from seeing that there's no reason to get upset or get excited. You've, you've become so familiar with reality that it doesn't surprise you anymore, no matter how it changes. And so you're equanimous in that sense. How do you feel about anger? Is it okay to be expressed? Um, well, anger is, is stressful, it's unpleasant, it's harmful, but I think it should be noted like everything else. It should be investigated, studied, and understood, seen clearly, because when you see it clearly, you won't have to ask whether it's good or bad. How do you measure your progress in meditations? I wouldn't measure your progress so much. I, I guess... The real answer is, do you have less greed, less anger, and less delusion? And if you do, then you're progressing. But I, rather than focus on progress, I would focus on quality, the quality of your, your mind. Because if you're always focused on the quality of your practice, you, can, you have no, no rational reason to doubt that, that progress will come, that the good results will come. So try and focus on, on the quality of your practice, which means being uh, mindful, being clearly aware, seeing things clearly, and so on. What can I do to give a better rebirth or other form of, uh, of existence? Pray, meditate. So you can't give someone a better rebirth um, if you do good deeds in their name, it tends to have some effect on them. So do good deeds on their behalf. When you meditate, send them good thoughts and so on. I have had depersonalization. Will meditation help? Here's another example. Depersonalization may not be a bad thing, and it's in something that we turn into a problem. We say to ourselves, this is a problem. We identify as a problem. Stop doing that. Whatever you call depersonalization, I don't really know quite what it is, so I hear it, I've heard it many times. Um, try and note it, you know, try and remind yourself in the sense of, remind yourself that it is what it is. So if you have a feeling, about, you know, say feeling, feeling. If you're worried about it, say worried. If you dislike it, say disliking. If you're anxious, say anxious. So negatively impacted, I mean, just... Probably you're, that's probably true, but um, try not to look at things in terms of negative and positive. If you have anxiety, note the anxiety. If you have a feeling of depersonalization, what you think of as depersonalization, say feeling, or, or just knowing sometimes it works, like when you're aware of something. A livelihood as a soldier, not in a combatant role, Likelihood of combat is low. Still be avoided. I mean, yes, because of the potential need to kill. 
So there's two parts to that at least that I can think of. One is, of course, you might actually have to kill. But the other part is, are you in a mindset that you would kill? Because that mindset is harmful even if you never get a chance to kill. A Buddhist, ha a Buddhist meditator, a person practicing meditation, mindfulness meditation, has to be determined and set in the five precepts. You need at least the five precepts, which means your mindset has to be that I won't kill. Now, it's possible that you can be a soldier in that way, but that's a question I, I'd have to ask for someone who asked me this question. You know, if, if the time came where there was an expectation that you kill, would you kill? Because if the answer is yes, then you're not set in the right way to begin meditating. It's going to be a problem. And because of that problem, I mean, I would say it should be avoided. But for someone who's in that role, if if I somehow got in, you know, suppose there was conscription and was forced, uh, I would I would just determine in my mind that I wasn't going to kill. No matter if it meant what suffering it meant for me, or other people even, you you, you, uh, you need a fairly um, determined mind to be able to commit yourself not to kill. Doesn't mean you can't hurt, honestly, and this is a good distinction because hurting can be quite beneficial. Physically, I mean, in in extreme cases, if someone's attacking you, defending yourself, and hurting them as a result, in in a measured sense, with the idea that it's going to be um, proportionate, uh, it, it can can be helpful. And if a person happens to accidentally die because you're trying to defend yourself, then that's quite different from intending to kill them. That sort of thing. In Buddhist countries, to lay people have a deep understanding. It's not about meditation. Do you think there's also great evil? Do you think this lockdown is a... Well, no, I'm not going to answer it, sorry. So you can't just put at, you have to put at yutadhammo and, and actually... Although that works, I guess if you put the at, then I know it's a question. How do you measure your progress in meditation? I answered that. Am I getting duplicates here? Do you believe that alcohol cannot be part of a healthy, fulfilling lifestyle at all? Yes, I do. How to be patient to things and people even when you're angry? Uh, well, that's the problem, right? You can't. And anger and patience are in some ways opposites. So we have to train ourselves. Train ourselves away from anger towards patience. I mean, really, you just start by training yourself to see the anger and the patience clearly. And then you're able to see the difference. Must one take care of one's mother and stay with her? No, not necessarily. If she needs it, mm, well, you have to you have to be mindful. Think, think clearly. But no, ultimately you have the the most responsibility to yourself, and usually that means taking care of your parents. But um, ultimately, everyone has to find benefit for themselves. Has to has to find not benefit has to purify their own minds. So you have to do what it would do. What's going to purify your mind, bring about clarity of mind, purity of mind, that sort of thing. I'm starting to skip because I think it's well. It's been a, only an hour, huh? 
Mm, hasn't even been an hour. I think an hour is good though. I think I'm going to stop soon. A lot of... Um, Here's a lot. Of, sorry, a lot of questions um, can just be answered by "Hey, read the booklet. Try to do meditation. That should help you." Here's one that should have been allowed, but of course wasn't because it's talking about sex and masturbation. How monks? So, so questions about monks are probably misleading because just because someone's a monk doesn't mean they know how to handle things. Although I guess in this case, because monks have to be celibate. Um, so there are different ways. Of course, mindfulness is the best way. But there are more stopgap measures like um, mindfulness of the, the body, the loathsomeness of the body, so or the unbeautiful nature of the body. So focusing on the parts of the body helps you see clearly and overcome that. Um, but ultimately, it's the feelings. It's the, the liking and the feelings and the thoughts you have to be mindful of you have to be able to break up the thing that you're addicted to Oh, there's still a lot. It's really skip. It skips, and then I have to go all the way back here. So some good questions. Um, I'm sorry. I have. To, I, I think. I'm best keeping them to just meditation questions. It's not because they're not good questions or they don't deserve answers. It's just that uh, it makes me tired. <laughs> There's too much. Um, so I try to focus on the most important ones. I think a lot of these questions we can, a lot of questions you can get answers for yourself, uh, either from an external source or by practicing mindfulness and seeing what the underlying problems are, underlying uh, issues are. Sometimes it can be jarring when ending sitting meditation, especially if work needs to be done. Um, well, try to come out mindfully. It's good if you can create that bridge so it isn't jarring, so that your your daily life is an extension of your practice. How is samatha used to enter vipassana? So you use the qualities you use the the aspects of experience that arise during samatha meditation as your object. So in samatha meditation a very simplistic or simple example is you focus on a you focus on a white circle, say. 
and you say white, 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 and so your object is the white, and eventually become absorbed in white, and your whole universe is white, and that's a real strong tranquility meditation. Um, but the qualities of mind, the, the aspects of the experience, are the tranquility, the, f the concentration, the, um, the, the focus, all the, even the pleasure, the, the calm, these sorts of things. And you use those as your object. So you switch from the object, taking your own mind as the object. That's how you use samatha as a basis for vipassana. Are you allowed to enjoy anything in life? It's not about... Sorry, sorry. It's not about being allowed. It's about uh, realizing that enjoy is just another word for being addicted to. And our language is, is problematic because you don't actually enjoy things. You You like them and you cultivate addiction towards them so that you need them as a part of your life and you can't be happy without them your happiness begins to depend on them your sense of peace your sense of of uh, freedom well your freedom is circumscribed because you require certain things to be happy And the idea of just enjoying things is misleading. You can't just enjoy things without getting attached to them. It's not how the mind works. It's not how the brain works. It's how the system works. Walking meditation is not necessary. It's just helpful. I wouldn't recommend not doing it. Because if you just sit around all the time, it's not very healthy. And it's not healthy for the mind either. Walking meditation has good qualities that sort of contrast with the qualities of sitting meditation. Ultimately, they're both constructs, and the most important thing is mindfulness. But practically, you should do both. Most people should do both. Do you ever consider having a live stream for questions not on meditation but on Buddhism itself? So I would rather not. Um, that's a good question. But the reason why not, and I haven't really formed it in my mind, but the idea, the idea is that a person who hasn't done meditation is ill-equipped to understand the theory. Because the theory is all about meditation. It's all around meditation. And uh, uh, that's one part of it. Another part is that... I guess it's related. You get the answers from... You get a lot of answers from meditation about what you should do in your life. Right? We want to learn about Buddhism often because we want answers how to live our lives and that sort of thing so so in terms of the theory and you know the deep sort of thoughts about why what is rebirth you know thought, questions about rebirth questions about the universe these aren't practical questions you don't need an answer to those and so much better to practice meditation and then learn so you can understand them in the right context um, you have a better way to understand them and it doesn't become a wrong understanding but in terms of practical questions, how to live your life and that sort of thing, a lot of the answers come from meditation. Um, those are two. The third, and I think it is a third reason, is that it's too much. You know, uh, there will be no end. In fact, there is no end to the number of people who are interested in practicing meditation. Right, So... Constantly, we have to find. We have to draw a line in the sand for, uh, or I have to, as to what uh, is appropriate. And I think I don't think it's arbitrary. I think there is a an, an easy understanding of the balance, and uh, I think this is my balance at the moment. A fourth reason might be that you can find a lot of the answers to simple questions about Buddhism out there. 
you can google them you can ask them if you're if you want questions if you want answers to ordinary buddhist questions i recommend buddhism.stackexchange.com it's a buddhist site for questions and answers it's pretty good uh, and hopefully I've, I've been pushing our people to uh, our volunteers to recreate a similar site on our site so people can ask questions and there you would be able to ask questions about buddhism can you recommend daily practice for pregnant women i don't think it differs from practice for not pregnant women or people recommend the same practice as everyone else except you might want to send thoughts of kindness and be, be especially mindful about the being that is with you more meditation instructions for children well there's a four actually aren't there there should be four of them fourth one's probably the best fourth one's actually is the best if you haven't watched the fourth one, I recommend that. Um, because the fourth one is actually what we do. I I don't I don't I haven't thought about making more videos for kids. I will now that you mentioned it, but I'm I'm not confident that it'll happen. Part of uh, my immediate thought is that um, parents should be the front line for teaching kids so it's it's important that parents do some advanced meditation so that they're able to pass it on to their kids i'd rather teach the parents than the kids Someone starts shouting, is it wrong to just stay quiet, close your eyes and meditate? It's not wrong per se, but it might be better to be mindful and, and interact with them. I mean, you at least might want to say to them, I'm sorry, I can't deal with this. I'm, I'm going to, I need a time out. Something like that. But, um, you know, it's, if you have to, you have to. And ultimately, they start hitting you. Then you have to be mindful of pain, pain. So it's not wrong. It's just once you get better at it, you probably won't do that. <laughs> You'll probably be mindful and, and interact with them mindfully. You're a saint in the ranks of the ASO. <laughs> I saw that my community just recently. Uh, got a quiet voice. It's it's been a uh, real. My students have have often complained about how quiet my voice is. Well, that's nice. I mean, people who need ASMR to fall asleep. Uh, might might benefit from well certainly would benefit from actually trying to practice mindfulness meditation so I wouldn't intentionally be an ASMR provider but um, it's not necessarily bad I think it could be bad if you're if you if you're attached to the voice you're attached to the to sound you know, it becomes an, a, a need. So ASMR could be problematic. All right, all right. So this is getting out of hand, and I think it's a reason to a reason to uh, 
end the stream. What do you mean, are Buddhist monks running from something? Yeah, and lots of people are running from things. Could that be why some... Anyway, this isn't about meditation. All right. Thank you all. It's been a good scream again. I'm happy to do this. Lots of people watching. Great. We've reached a lot of people. And... Hopefully some of you got answers that were helpful to you. But again, we're opening this up and this is we should all this is something that I think is has the potential to be really a really um really good opportunity. Really wholesome thing if um if we really lots of people start doing these at home meditation courses. It could really be a uh, well, at least a very good example for for the world and maybe for other groups to start doing. We have had other people ask about, other groups ask about our platform. Uh, they want to adapt it for their community. But it's great to see so many people, new people signing up just because of these broadcasts. And so I encourage that. So wish you all the best. Peace. And good night.